Do you feel more than ever that you need to make a shift in your wellness? Listen to the podcast Inner Wellness with Dr. Ness Parsian. Let's make the shift happen. Twenty twenty one arrived. Happy New Year, everyone! Okay, I hope that you had some amazing time, or perhaps a little bit of a rest after all the challenges happened in twenty twenty, and you are fresh to start the new year, which is gonna be certainly it's gonna be a year of healing, a year of absolutely transformation and a year of old newness but that is our responsibility to create those new years and newness i think you know 2020 with all those challenges and hardship and difficulties um, perhaps you know gave us a lot of learnings and the learnings uh, were hard uh, wasn't actually they weren't easy learning but we definitely can use them to create something new and something different in uh, 2021 so i hope you all just absolutely uh, hopeful and um, faithful about what you want to create in this year so today i'm going actually to start the first episode of 2021 with an amazing guest um emmanuel anthony and um he's actually amazing and he's one of um students of dr john demartini so uh he's a facilitator uh, of john demartini method and i think you know perhaps some of you are absolutely familiar with the martinis work which is absolutely amazing so before we start i'm just going to let you know that i have just created at the very beginning of 2021 indeed in december i have created a private free facebook group uh, for empowered women and heart-centered women who have uh, indeed devoted their lives to you know helping others and helping the world but this is a time for themselves to uh, self-care and optimize their own wellness so basically it's for empowered women who want to optimize uh, their own wellness and heal stress live stress free and anxiety free having good sleep good energy and just optimize the overall well-being and wellness to be able to shine to the world and also i will have a free webinar master class on this monday australia melbourne time 6 p.m monday which is actually in a couple of days so i will include the link both for my private facebook group and also for this masterclass uh, in the show notes and you feel free to register for the masterclass and join my Facebook group. If you want to register for the masterclass, you just need to be very quick because it's happening very soon. So, okay, so let's just go and start and what we're going to discuss, it's more about 
values and how we can live uh, with our most authentic values in 2021 to be able to make a powerful year so if these things are resonating with you then let's dive into it hello everyone 2021 we have already started it's so amazing that i have a beautiful and amazing human with me today and i feel really blessed to know emmanuel anthony who is a human behavioral specialist researcher writer consultant teacher the martini method facilitator i love it an inspirational speaker. He has spent the last decade working with thousands of clients globally, dedicated towards assisting human beings one-on-one and one-on-many to get crystal clear on their mission on planet Earth, overcome common mental disorders, accelerate human evolution, growth, and mastery with in all seven areas of life seven areas of life whilst drastically expanding their awareness so deep oh my god it's so <laughs> amazing welcome welcome emmanuel to my really young and baby podcast i'm so excited and i'm so grateful to have you here thank you it's a pleasure to be here and uh, it's always my brother just moved into an apartment and he said um you know I, i've got to put furniture in it and i've got to do this, this and that and i said no invite me over while there's nothing in there i want to be part of the journey because there's nothing more exciting for me than taking a few photos while there's nothing in the apartment and then many years later you know when he's got kids or whatever um because him and his partner have just moved out and they're starting that phase of their relationship but going in even a year from now or six months and I return to Melbourne and seeing the growth of it, it's going to be really beautiful to see the depth. So I think uh, it's beautiful to be here at the start of this um, when you're most inspired and it's most raw. So thank you very much for inviting me to communicate. Thank you so much. I actually have started my podcast a few months ago when we were in uh, in a a complete crazy lockdown in Melbourne. And I just said, okay, let's have fun with, you know, a little bit with microphone (laughs) so yeah I just started my podcast basically by myself and I started just to give you know some information to just share something with you know people across the globe and I think you know I have now only I had only two um, guests uh, before you so it's it's quite you know I'm very pleased that I have started to invite amazing souls amazing souls and yeah so yes, so just tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Emmanuel, you know, I definitely want to know a little bit about uh, you, what brought you here, you know, to be a human behavioral specialist, that's actually you know, so uh, impressive term, uh, what, what, what brought you here and tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so I... Uh... I personally feel that my whole life I've uh, been interested in human behavior. I never really used those words when I was younger in primary school. It was more coming to Australia and speaking French and not a lot of English. I had the desire to build the social area of mastery. 
because everyone else looked like they had friends, but I was having a little bit of trouble making them. Mm -hmm. I also moved a lot because when I came to Australia, my parents didn't have a lot of money and they were trying to set up base here as immigrants. So as we moved, I felt that I'd kind of get to know people and then I'd be off two months later to a new school and relocating again. And at the time I thought it was a real challenge and I hated it. But now being 37 and having a look at that with a lot more perspective, I actually think it was one of the most beautiful things that could have happened because I can meet people immediately and establish their values and connections really quickly because I felt that I was on a speed dating with friendships from a, a primary school. So that was really amazing. But in primary school, because I couldn't speak English, I like to say that, and a lot of doctors will know this, when one of the senses is highly underdeveloped, one or a couple of the other senses will become very highly developed. So um, if you ever feel that you can't see, for example, it's hard to see, your hearing really, really magnifies in order to help you out. I feel it's the human body maximizing its potential to give you the best chance um, as possible. But for me, because I felt that I couldn't talk to a degree and I couldn't communicate to other people, I observed them visually. And I copied them at the time. I now know that as modeling. I've just got different words, but they're really all the same thing. So I modeled them. What were the cool kids doing? What were they doing with their hands? What were they doing with their tones? What were they doing with their language? And I would replicate that on an audience, which I now call my test subjects. <laughs> and then I would see, is this working? Is it not working? And I'd go back home and I'd assess that. And this is all, you know, before grade three. <laughs> oh, you add them visually. Tell us a little bit about that. What does it mean? Earth. I um I would I still have an image in my head now of seeing uh, Jeffrey, a friend of mine that was very popular in primary school, and he was talking to two or three people. I was on the soccer field, and he was on the basketball field. There's about 15 meters between us. But I remember watching what was he doing with his hands, and everyone smiling and laughing around him. And um you know what was he doing with his face? And I just every part of him that I could soak in because I couldn't understand the words 100. Mm percent but I would look at different aspects as I was learning more and more words and just look at him and I'd say, okay, I'm going to try that now. I'm going to try and speak in that tone. I'm going to try and, you know, utilize my body in that way with my hands and all of those things because they seem to be working. And I, I wanted to make a lot of friends and he seemed to be a master in that area. So I simply observed him and continued to do that. And that, that's helped me a lot throughout life. Um, to figure out how to shortcut to success by observing people and then having a look at different things they're doing at a very deep level. But that was the entry level into um, my human behavior. And then as I got older, I spoke English, I built a social circle, those things were doing really well. But as you know, that there are seven areas of mastery, physical, financial, mental, spiritual, social, vocation, and family, and doing well in one or two is nothing because there's there's seven to hold on to at any one time. It's like juggling seven balls. So then I had two major challenges that really define and change where my life was moving. One was a challenge I had with an ex-girlfriend. Um, she had cheated on somebody with me and I just never knew how to let go of the emotions. Uh -huh. And then I had 26 years worth of baggage towards my father. Oh, yeah. And both of those had so much emotional challenges to them that while I was doing bodybuilding, sports modeling, I was doing the doors at nightclubs, um, on social media, it looked like I had a beautiful life. But on the inside, I was torn up and I, yeah. I had to figure out how to resolve that. So in that conquest, I started 
you know, you and I before the podcast talking about all the studies and things we did, I started seeing Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, um, mm. led me to Dr. John Martini, but I learned NLP, timeline therapy, hypnosis, a range of things um, on that journey. And eventually one day I, I saw a gentleman on stage called Dr. John Martini speaking mm. and it just blew my mind away because I just didn't know you could be that smart as a human being. Yes. He, he was talking about physiology, psychology, biology, um, astronomy, all in one sentence and linking them together. And when I saw it, I said, hold on, I've seen a lot of speakers, but there's something about this guy. So um, I attended his workshop and it under five hours dissolved every emotion towards my father that I'd held on to and had anchors and triggers towards for mm -hmm. over 26 years. Wow. And to this day, I, I haven't been able to re-go back to that. Everything I've worked on, I can go back to any moment and it's nothing but love and gratitude. But when that happened, my life changed forever because I remember the, the whole stage just went soft. It was like I, everything in time just stopped for a second. And as I saw John on stage, I knew something that I've always known deep down, but I, at that point had never had the self-worth to bring out and say openly, let alone to myself, mm -hmm. which was that I was meant to speak in front of people and share my inspired knowledge. And um, from there I went home after that workshop and, my dad's my best friend today. We used to physically punch on, yell at each other. That was just breakfast to start the day. But all of a sudden I go back from this workshop and we're not arguing. I'm, we're communicating effectively. Um, you know, things have completely changed, but I'm sitting in my bed and now I've got this pivotal moment that probably a lot of people have had during COVID. Mm -hmm. And I, as I'm sitting there, it's dark in the room. I don't know why it was I didn't put the light on, but I was just reflecting on this workshop. I the change in my emotions, the change in my physical state. I was a completely different person. And I'd done my values and realized that everything I was doing was around human behavior, 80% of my behavior consciously by doing the values determination. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm a graphic designer. I can't just change career. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. As I said those words, I just felt this deep sense of heaviness. And I imagined in 30 years me doing that. And I just, I couldn't do it. I just yeah. could not do that. It didn't feel authentic. And I knew that at every day I would have some symptom in my body, a headache, procrastinating, fr um, frustrating, saying I'd do things and not doing them. Because I realized that that wasn't going to be a spontaneous symptom, but it was a feedback for me not doing what I love. And I said, well, that would be like a Chinese torture every day. Yeah. Um, and it would be something I would be causing. So then I said, well, why don't I do this speaking thing? Why don't I become an inspirational speaker and a consultant? Because that, I don't know where that's going to take me, but I feel that's where my life's been leading to. And then that, that negative self-talk came in and said, but who the hell are you? I said, you're a guy that, you know, at 17 to 26, I was living like it was 70s, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> I said, you're a guy that just goes to nightclubs, um, gets photos of beautiful women. Uh, you have a graphic design career, but everybody just sees you as that. And, as I said, those words I had a vision of myself at a hundred years old on stage, communicating and sharing an inspired message and just tears came oh. down my left to my right cheek. Mm. Cause when I had that vision, I had more energy in my body than I've ever had in my whole life. So and inspiring. Yeah. Oh, like actually I, I totally, you know, connect with what you're saying and it's, it's, it's nicely resonating with me when when you are attaching to to an identity it's it's so challenging you know as soon as you start unfolding your layers 
the layers, you know, inside of you, you you begin to fight with that identity, isn't it yeah. right? Because yeah. yeah, because you you find you know the areas that are not aligned, uh, but still it's not easy. It's not easy to immediately and straight away detach from that identity. It's well, that, it's so challenging time. Well, that led me to the next part because as I sat on that bed, and I felt that energy surge through my body. And as tears strolled down my eyes, I promised myself that I wouldn't let anyone or anything, including myself, get in the way of my inspired mission. And that I would rather die trying to stand up than live on my knees. And I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I didn't have to. Because I just dedicated myself to taking one small step every day and planning it properly so that, that way I could guarantee that I get there. And today, I feel very blessed um, to have done this for a decade. I feel um, very blessed to have found this because it's what most inspires me. And every day that I get up, I pinch myself and say, thank you, um, because it's been one of the most inspiring fields. But what you said about identity, identity is what we identify with most. That's what we um, derive it from. And our identity derives from our values. And a lot of people say that it's honor and integrity and all of those things, but that's a load of crap. That's what we do when we're living in alignment with our values. So what I mean by that is, my highest values at the moment is family because mm -hmm. Renee, Renee and I are looking to start and create a family and this will be our first set of kids. Um, so then my second highest values is my business, but my first and second are actually aligned because the reason I do my business is also to share that with my kids um, in terms of what I've learned. So they could have the greatest opportunity for maximum wellness and well-being. And then the third one is physical wellness, mainly around gym, but also to do with um, golf as well. I'm an obsessive golfer. So if you give me, um, if you said, Emmanuel, I need you to get up and go play golf with Tiger Woods at 5 a.m. in the morning. And then when you're done with that, have a bite to eat and then go and work with clients for eight or nine hours. And then once you're done with that, spend time with Renee and, and your mom and your father in Melbourne um, or fly down and see them. That's a perfect day for me. I wouldn't have any issues with that. So I'm going to be honorable and integral because okay. I'm going to say I'm going to do it. And I'm going to walk my walk and talk my talk. Yeah. But if you said, Emmanuel, can you do cake decorating for a whole day? <laughs> and um, can you run a workshop on that for 12 hours straight with no break? Um, you'll find that I procrastinate, hesitate, frustrate, yeah. keep looking at my phone for personal development stuff, keep looking at my phone to try and text family so I can do my third highest values um, and my first part of me. Um, and then, you know, try and find out when I can get a tea time after that so that I can finally relax. And that's because whenever we do what we love and love what we do, honor and integrity are natural ways of living. But whenever we're doing the opposite of that, we're living within someone else's values, we're unauthentic and we're not identifying with what we value most. So we're living a false identity. Yeah. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to, because I, I'm actually learning a lot about you and I'm so excited to, to ask a couple of, you know, <laughs> questions to find out more about your journey. But before I, I'll go through, you know, those um, points in your journey, I have a question right now because you just talked about the values. Um, what what do you what do you suggest to to the audience? Because a lot of people uh, they understand that perhaps they need to do something with with the identity, you know, was given by, I don't know, by, by the community, by the society, by the family, or by the values that are not aligned with the, them anymore. Uh, they understand it, but it's not easy for them to find 
their aligned new values. And they have a big challenge. So I had a client, for example, that, you know, she, she found the layers, she, she actually unfolded and she said, okay, now I know that I need to start, you know, to become um, someone else like that, 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 that. But I don't know how to start. I don't know really what I want right now. It's very confusing because previously I knew what I wanted. And now I understand that what I wanted previously, it, it's not aligned anymore, but I don't know now what could be my new values. So yes. what do you suggest for, for, because that's, that's a journey, you know, it's not, you know, so yeah, tell, tell us about, you know, what, what do you suggest? What I can definitely help with that. Well, the first thing I want to say is that our values are not stuck in space and time as a permanent thing they shift and change and they can happen spontaneously such as um uh, my highest values were um work human behavioral and specializing around that for five and a half years or five years i've been with my partner for six years my fiance now but it wasn't until we'd kind of said four years ago that this was around the period that we both would be most likely to want to have children if we were still together so when it got to that stage and she said babe like we start making a family in a year. That's, and I'm like, Jesus, that's, that's come up really quickly. And all of a sudden I noticed as that year went on, family moved up in my values and it changed because I realized that before it was this thing that was happening in the distant future. Whereas now I was asking questions like, who do I have to be to be the most inspiring father? So um, that changed naturally, but spontaneously would be where if all of my family members died, except my brother or something. Mm -hmm. So that was the only family member left. And all of a sudden a family just moved up in my values um, mm -hmm. from work because now that's the greatest void. Your voids create your values, whatever you perceive to be most missing. So you have different voids throughout your life. So um, just the same as myself, as I was growing up, social was the biggest void. And then I mastered that because I became very popular. Um, and I felt that I had a network of people in a multitude of areas of life, I still do today, that um, I could connect with. But then mental became the next um, void for me because I couldn't figure out how to control my mind. Mm -hmm. So... So that's the first thing I want to say. Your values will change throughout space and time. Every human being on planet Earth has a unique and different set of values mm -hmm. and nobody has the same values. Mm -hmm. So somebody may, you and I both have an interest in personal development and growth, but the way in which we express that and what most inspires us will be uniquely different. Yes. So even if somebody else is into physical mastery and a personal trainer and so are you, just open up a business together and see how different it is. If they're a CrossFit person, the minute the money makes, the business makes a large profit, they want to invest into CrossFit and you may want to invest into bodybuilding or yoga or something else and you start to realize that they're same values but not exactly the same Absolutely. so since every human being has a unique and different set of values every human being serves humanity with their set of values in a very different ways mm -hmm. and it's up to us to honor and find those values so the first step is to find the values find out who you are and the, what i recommend is people go to www.drdmartini.com forward slash values 13 questions, deconstruction and analysis of your life and answer them based on what your life represents. Don't answer them based on what you think they should be. This happens to a lot of people. If somebody says, I don't know what my values are, the chances are they've been subordinating to an outer authority, whether it's like you said, a um, partner, uh, a relationship, a country's ideals, society, culture, um, you know, whatever that is, but they've been subordinating to other people instead of living truly and authentically within their, everybody knows their values deep down. Um, it's just sometimes we cloud them with other people's judgments. Now the journey of life is increasing our self-worth and 
taking people off pedestals until we can see them as equals. Mm-hmm. And then when in doing that, then we feel fine about living our values. But if you have your parents on a pedestal, I mean, I learned that from a very young age because I had a lot of challenges with my dad that um, he had a set of values. He's very religious. I'm the complementary opposite. I'm very scientific. And I had to learn how to communicate um, to him in complementary opposite value systems, which the greatest leaders and speakers, that's what they do. Because since everybody has a unique and different set of values, and anytime you do a talk, the whatever amount of people, if you've got 100, 200, 1,000, you've got complementary opposite sets of values. Whenever you talk about certain sets of the values half the audience is switched on and listening to you mm-hmm. whenever you talk about the complementary opposite set of values now they switch off and the other audience turns on and the greatest leaders and speakers actually know how to communicate within each one of their values to the greatest degrees to inspire most people but um first get congruent about what your values are then once you get congruent on what your unique set of values are from there it's a journey of building up your self-worth to give yourself permission to go out and express that to the greatest degree possible and in order to do that you have to be willing to take on support and challenge pain and pleasure in the pursuit of your most inspired mission because you're not going to go out and do it without pissing some people off <laughs> anytime that you go against someone's values you frustrate them. That's why I can say things to my mom that my dad goes, I don't agree with that. And I piss him off. But then I go and say things to him that he agrees with and it pisses my mom off. I can never keep the whole world satisfied. I'm not interested in that. I don't care um, if people are unsatisfied with what I have to say, because I know deep down it's my most authentic message. And I'm already going to piss people off anyway. I may as well do it while moving on the way to my inspired mission. Mm-hmm. The other thing you said is that it's hard. And I always say to people that living incongruently and unaligned with your values is hard also. They're both hard and they're both easy. They've just got different levels of what's hard and what's easy. I'd rather do the one that allows me to grow and feel most inspired. And not only that, the body is an ecosystem. And when you do what you love and love what you do, you increase energy, you increase vitality, you increase resilience because you take on pain and pleasure in the pursuit of your most inspired mission. Mm -hmm. And when you do things that despire you and lowering your values and less of what you identify with, then you find that you have a lack of energy you procrastinate, hesitate, frustrate. So you're getting feedback 24 hours a day from this amazing vessel called the human body, um, which, you know, the greatest Nobel Prize winners, if we put them all in a room, they can't even tell you um, how the human cell works. I mean, there's a there's just, we're consistently learning on the magnificence of the body. But one thing I can definitely say in a decade is the more, the first, one of the first things to do with clients, I get them to find their values. I move them in that direction. I get them doing more of that. And their self-worth, self-confidence completely grows and evolves. They set bigger goals. They go for bigger challenges. Um, and they just find that they evolve as a person. And slowly, they want to master all seven areas of life because they realize that they can't get to the highest degree of mastery in what they value unless they bring stability to those other areas. But the minute that they do, they can actually do more of what they love. And that moves to the, the higher realms of self-mastery where you're activating the forebrain, the most advanced part of the brain, um, as compared to the amygdala, which is the emotional part of the brain. Um, and it's the most primitive and animal-like, which seeks pleasure but avoids pain. It's very much dopamine-driven. Um, and you're only going to do that if you're living um, externally outside of your values, you know, in oh. your parents' values or something, looking yep. for quick fixes and highs to avoid what looks like a painful existence. That's all about that crystal killer that you mentioned. Yes, you are, you, you're getting really, you know, yeah like a crystal clear and um i really believe that yeah thank you that was that was a very uh clear explanation and i do absolutely believe i'm i'm, I'm a very real lived example myself about this point that when you change your energy when you align your own energy you 
you can spread that energy out to you know your environment it's your infectious yeah absolutely so when we find you know for example people in our family or friends or you know loved ones or close ones are not aligned with us and we start you know fighting against them you know because we have different values i think the source is basically within it's basically inside we're fighting with something inside of ourselves ourselves <laughs> and once we just you know achieve the 100% alignment you know within inside you can spread the same message to others and you get surprised how they how they accept you easily <laughs> yeah. yeah so the what that's about is um your family have a biased association of you based on their perceptions of who you are growing up so mm -hmm. it's harder to convince them it's yeah. easier to convince people further away on the internet because they've got less data about you that they're comparing it to yeah. so when i first started in this mission my mum and my dad who have wiped my bum as a child were saying why in the hell are we listening to you we've got more time on earth than you then as i went and started speaking in front of large audiences my mother and my brother said hold on a second he's got a room filled with 50 people that are paying to see him speak and um there's hundreds of people seeing him speak online as well and then i went to radio in melbourne and there was a radio station when i was the resident life coach so then my father said well done he's got hundreds of thousands of people listening now so as i evolved beyond their level then i got their respect so i went i went from the family to the outer circles of the state then once I went from the state to being um, statewide, not just in Victoria, but all the way around Australia, yeah. now my, my brother and my um, sister and my mom were attending workshops and getting me to do um, consultants with them on emotional stuff that was happening. Mm -hmm. And then once I went global, my father turned around one day and said, look, I'm not feeling the best. I don't know what's going on emotionally, but can I come in and see you in Turo? So I always had to evolve whatever sphere that you want to influence in humanity. You have to go a couple of spheres above them in order to really prove to them um, that you have that. But it's a, it's a really great mission for anybody to set higher goals, set a greater audience to influence. And it's just going to help you make sure you guarantee you, um, you reach more of the people underneath that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we actually need to embrace, you know, the challenges and fears, you know, on, on the way, because uh, this is, so the fear is a tool, is <laughs> a tool for our growth. I think, you know, it's not, it's not the best to run away of the fears and challenges. The best thing is just embracing them um, and use them as a tool. And yeah, and it's very, yeah, I can totally understand. It's very surprising when you see people who um, couldn't perhaps see you uh, before that, you know, you changed. Uh, how they how they're gonna be so welcoming and they just they're just embracing your change once you know you show them you show them your authentic values new values yeah so yeah tell us about you know because i can see in your bio uh that you work with um mental disorders uh, how, how do you, for example, if a person is, is coming, you know, to see you with really deep, um, yeah, I'm not going actually to talk about depression and anxiety and those of these things as to be auditions, because I think, you know, we're all going at some stages through, you know, different, different, you know, yeah, it's not, it's, yeah, as we discussed, you know, before the podcast, they are basically symptoms. 
they are. But yeah, let's just, you know, uh, leave it for another discussion because as a health professional, I just have an you know, absolutely different perspective than conventional medicine about these things. Uh, but, you know, just going back to your specialty as, as a behavioral uh, specialist, how you connect that specialty and what you learned from, you know, the Martini uh, method uh, to help people overcome, you know, these, these kinds of, you know, like, I don't know, mental disorders or just when I, I, okay, I'll touch on a few things that you said, and just in case the audience doesn't um, understand what we're saying, because there's, there's a lot of room for interpretation here. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, so mental disorder means that the mind is not in order because the mental aspect is the mind and disorder means it's not in order. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is that each and every one of us has different elements and stages of mental disorders within our own life, because we have things that occupy time and space in our mind, whether we're, and they happen in two extremes. When we're highly infatuated with somebody, it occupies time and space in our mind. If you ever had a friend that um, was obsessed with a partner and just was doing all kinds of irrational and erratical things, yeah. you'd go, this person's not mentally all there. Mm -hmm. And whenever you've been really pissed off or frustrated at somebody, it mm -hmm. occupies time and space in your mind. <laughs> now, the definition of a mental disorder usually kicks in in the scientific realm when the the balance from the norm of a slight a frustration or a slight um, infatuation or resentment, mm -hmm. positive or negative in energy spectrum, goes to beyond what is a, the normal scope, if you want to call it normal. So where somebody starts to have much more highly erratic behaviors. Yeah. And even within those, we have, um, you know, and I always say that the labels are not important, but because they're here, I work with them. So in other words, if somebody says I have PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, I say, look, that's a symptom you're experiencing. But the great thing about you telling me that is that I now have um, in my mind as somebody trying to help you and understanding that there's something that's occurred in the past that you're seeing is more of a drawback than a benefit. And therefore that's what I'm here to help you on. So I use it in that spectrum, but I, I don't look at the labels much like you as well. And the reason being <clears throat> in 10 years and thousands of cases, I've worked with people that have had all kinds of diagnoses. I worked with, um, you know, 80% of my clients end up off their drugs because of the time they end up working on what they need to. Um, we've had what their doctors called a spontaneous healing, <laughs> which I always laugh at. Um, and it isn't really, it's the person actually working on it. So in thousands of cases from seeing that, I've got enough test subjects to prove with absolute certainty um, and our success rate as to what's going on. Um, but what I was saying in terms of the different expressions of that, if a person... Um, is a little bit fearful of something happening in the future. Um, they'll quite often be given the name, or oh, you've got a little bit of anxiety to help them define that term. But if now they go from having a little bit of a fear to an extreme fear, now it can turn into a phobia, um, yeah. which all we're saying is that they ramp that up by maybe 30 or 40%. Um, yeah. But in these, as you continue to ramp that up, we have different names, but each one of these is still explaining one primitive thing. And I'll explain what that is. All emotions in the body... And you, there's three types of emotions, positive emotions, negative emotions, and then synthesized and balanced emotions of love. Every time I'm working with clients, I'm getting them to synthesize both. Whenever you see more drawbacks and benefits, pain and pleasure, disservice and service, there you perceive negative emotions and you activate the animal mind and the animal mind will look to avoid a pain and gain a pleasure. But there's only one problem. You're bipolaring. You're going from one delusion to another. Because yeah. every moment in space and time is equally as much pain as pleasure. And that 
you know, freaks people out when I say that, regardless of what it is. But if you study physics and you study quantum entanglement and how the universe works, you'll find out that it's all positive and negative and equally conservative in space and time within every minute and second of your life. So if a person sees more positives than negatives, they also activate the animal mind. That's a person that may be addicted to drugs or things like that. They're always looking for the quick fix, quick high, because they see the, the pleasure more than the pain. Yeah. Whereas, some, So they're each side, when you exaggerate the positive or the negative, stimulates the animal mind. And the animal mind, the amygdala, is consistently looking for a one-sided delusion, a one-sided parallel of the world. It wants a positive more than a negative, and it wants to avoid the negative. But the truth of the matter is you can't avoid the negative within your life. Oh. You can't only get positives. You always have both within any moment. Yeah. It's like if I gave you a million dollars every minute for the rest of your life, your life wouldn't be all positive. Yeah. Watch how many family members try and steal money from you. Friends that you fought all of a sudden don't want to do that. The management of the money, the taxes, the government, and you, your whole life would get turned upside down very quickly. And you'd notice that there's pain and pleasure. I give you the the partner you've always been dreaming about. If um you know anybody listening to this goes, oh, I want this particular partner, the ideal image. Then you also realize if it's a woman and says, I want a man with abs and a tan and all of this. And you, well, he spends more time in his body than he does on me. He's always in the gym and never thinking about it. And you realize there's another side to it. So whenever we create that delusion, whether it's past, present, or future, we always experience it, experience it in the present, but our perception to waver between the two, that's what creates disease, the body not being at ease, and that's what creates disorder. Now, in the work, then when if you know how perceptions are created, we see and perceive things through the central nervous system, and then that creates a ratio of perceptions between positive and negative. If you've got, say, six positives and one negative, that's an infatuation. If you've got nine negatives and one positive, that's um, a resentment. Whichever one of those, unless they're balanced, um, is being created, that then gets sent through the whole body because what you think you feel and the body feels that all the way through. Um, there's a multiple different areas where it feels it, neurology, um, your autonomic nervous system, but it goes all the way down to the cellular level. Yes. So um, your perceptions, when they sway between extreme positives and negatives, are creating mental disease and physical disorders in order to communicate back to you that your perceptions are imbalanced. And as a living ecosystem, you're actually creating destruction and disorder. And the autonomic nervous system has two parts, sympathetic and parasympathetic, fight or flight and rest and relaxation. Um, every symptom I've actually, through my programs and I work with clients, I show them what they are. I say, I'm experiencing anxiety. I go, great. So that means that you're projecting into the future. We only have the present scientifically, but you're projecting into the future and you're doing two things. You've got an outcome. So maybe it's a partner and you've got an infatuation with being in them. So you have a fear of the loss of them. And therefore... You've got two things happening. You're addicted to keeping them and you fear losing them and you're focusing on the extremes of both. Mm -hmm. The minute we bring it into balance and we actually show them that there's a benefit in that partner not being in their life and a drawback in them being in their life and they see both sides equally, they um, they bring that perception back to a one-to-one -one. because the word ratio, when you have a balanced ratio, you're rational. That's where the word rational comes from, ratio. And when you have an imbalanced perception, you're irrational. That's why if your partner pisses you off and you see more negatives, I'm going to frigging kill that person. That wouldn't be a rational idea. That's a stupid idea yeah. that could put you in jail for 20 years to think about it. And then as you've thought about it later on, you get back to rational, which is seeing the positives and the negatives going up in here for 20 years. I didn't even have to do that. I could have broken up with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just so, it's just so amazing that how our body just, you know, is working all as a package and mm -hmm. yeah, you, you just, you know, in alignment with the universe. Absolutely. You mentioned, you know, the, the autonomous, autonomic nervous system, you know, including sympathetic and parasympathetic central nervous system. And you know that I'm 
um, I'm a heart centered, you know, uh, consultant as well. And heart, you know, is definitely well, the heart and mind are connected. Uh, yeah. This is the this is a challenge that people are having. They they think that the heart is one and the mind is the other. But when you synthesize those emotions and you bring them into balance and you see something happens within the body when the mind and the heart connect, because when clients do that with me, they say, Manuel, I feel a flood of energy come from my heart. And I said, yes, you're, re you're resolving the tension. They say, my shoulders get lighter. And I said, tension is tense ions mm -hmm. and ions are imbalanced particles and your body is made out of energy. And therefore, if you um, are experiencing compression, compressed ions, tense shoulders um, and tension, tense shoulders, um, then, you know, people hold it in different places. But I know for a lot of my clients, being for the shoulders, the minute we have a breakthrough, they go, oh, I feel light and my heart and my mind are working as one and I'm making decisions clearly. I go, because that's your authentic state. But our imbalanced perceptions that we collect over time through emotional baggage and then our what we were talking about earlier, our imbalanced perceptions of who we are because we're living in other people's values, all of these things are creating destruction and disorder. That's why the minute that clients work for all of that, all of a sudden the symptom they were experiencing, anxiety, depression, bipolar, all of that dissipates and dissolves. And they they there's a lady that even messaged me. She worked with me three years ago. She said, Manuel, I saw seven or eight psychiatrists before you over seven years. She's I was changing them every year. I knew it was going to happen. Um, I saw a couple of life coaches. Her list was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I finished working with you in six weeks. Um, you did things that I couldn't even believe were impossible, but I'd seen my friends achieving. And I said, yeah, but they were working on the symptom and masking it with a lot of drugs. Whereas I wanted to find out what was the root cause and dissolve that, but then give you the skills and the tools by working on the stuff from the past to then be able to work on those things in the future. Because um, when I'm done with you, when I said to her, this isn't going to be happily ever after. Everything's crystal clear. That's a delusion. Anybody sending you that, giving you that story, slap them in the face, go to someone else more professional. I said, no, you're going to have challenges in the future and in fact if we do our work right you're going to select bigger challenges because you're more inspired in the areas that you love so now we've got to prepare you for even bigger support and challenges going to come your way because you're going to give yourself permission to do that in front of a greater audience absolutely yes so definitely a quick fix is not a, is not it's not the answer uh, i would say for all physical and mental disorders uh because yeah we basically you're right we mask uh, the deeper layers and disconnection. Yeah, disconnection happens rather than connection. To, yeah, you know, in in your in our body. And there's a, I'm with you. Look, there's a place for pharmaceutical drugs. I mean, we are at a place in humanity where we have advanced so many areas, and I believe there's a place for it. And um, I think if you're aligning with the same message as me, there's nothing wrong with having a place for it. Our problem is use versus abuse, and the systems that are in place right now. Um, I've got friends that just go in and they say, "Oh, I know what to say to get my um, value, etc." Because um, they've got that abuse that they're able to do with the system. But then there's also doctors and things like that that I've spoken to. They won't say this publicly, but they've said to me, Emmanuel, most of the people that come in here, they probably need to see you more than me. I'm sick and tired of them coming in. But I've also spent X amount of years studying as a doctor. I've got this title. My family sees me that way. My friends do. There's a respect in who I am. And I've made this oath. But 80% of the people I give the drugs to, they're so powerful. They should never have got them in the first place, but I'm scared to lose um, the name of a doctor because if I do that a couple of times and I get reported, I'm out of here. And uh, I, I didn't study this long and you know, my whole family and my, my mortgage and my loan and everything else. And now that you're in an interesting place for this person, because 
they've sworn this oath, which to me means nothing at all, that they were all about health. But when they see a certain health challenge, they're fighting against the pharmaceutical companies. Then that's a, that's a very tough battle with their livelihood and their families on the line. So they're making decisions based on that. So I understand that trial and tribulation. So we don't have a problem with it. Um, it's just use it when it's appropriate. And that would be great as compared to, you know, um, over-exaggerating it and having that be abused so that companies can make large amounts of um, finances while people suffer from that. Absolutely. I, I'm, not, I'm not definitely, I'm not against, you know, I'm definitely not against conventional medicine and pharmaceutical, you know, because I'm, I actually, I have a, uh, I have a long, you know, background in nursing, you know, being in healthcare practice. And I've been involved with a lot of, you know, different um, health conditions and, you know, However, I actually I just remember I had a very interesting discussion with a couple of my beautiful psychiatric friends, and and I asked them a question. Okay, so there there is a there is a specific uh, criterion for um, psychiatric uh, diagnosis, which is called the DMS. And now you know they they actually updated every. I think the last one is DMS. So uh, in DMS, you know, criterion, they have some specific um, signs and symptoms to diagnose uh, a mental disorder. And I actually, I just, I just discussed with them and I questioned, okay, so based on DSM-5 or I don't know, that time I think it was DSM-4, you, you just, you know, put a label on this particular diagnosis and say, okay, so this is, I don't know, whatever, schizophrenia or, you know, whatever, or just, you know, very simple things like, you know, personality disorder, whatever, da, da, da. Uh, and then, or maybe, I don't know, just a chronic depression. And you may start with um, some medication and just, you know, give some prescription. What is next? My question was, what is next? Because, you know, she believed that we definitely need to start to, you know, give medication just to have uh, the patients come to the state of a little bit, you know, biologically and in terms of the, the, the neurotransmitters, you know, hormonal uh, things, just come to the state of balance a little bit and then we can start other things. And I just said, okay, what are the other things? So I agree with you. If you know you give, for example, this particular medication for a week or so, or a little bit longer, and what is next? What is really next? Most of the times, Emmanuel, nothing happens next. And the patient may, you know, go on the medication for years and years and years. And the only, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's sad. That is that's 80% of my clients. Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's another aspect to that as well. I forgot the documentary. I watched it over eight years ago and um, a lady, uh, they were talking to psychologists and psychiatrists about um, the ones that were speaking out on the other side of prescription and exactly what you were saying, but this one lady said, um, this is how flawed the DNS um, is. And she went to 10 different psychiatrists and said the same thing and got six different um, drugs and six different diagnoses. Now, each one of those were very powerful drugs. Um, you know, in many cases, we're giving people, you know, what is the main basis of the chemical compound for heroin? 
um, in that. And then they're saying, well, we're just going to give that to them for a week. You don't just give somebody heroin for a week. There's a, an addictive protocol that then occurs. America's experiencing that right now. Um, they, I forgot what it was, but there was a specific um, pharmaceutical drug that they, uh, where they put out there and they said, this is non-addictive. Um, the main uh, compound of it was the poppy seed. I was like, how is this non-addictive? That, the, that compound has been you know, ravishing through the world for many years and we know that it's addictive. Anyway, they got it passed. Um, and that went through America and people that had never taken drugs before all of a sudden were now having some, one of the most powerful drugs in the world. So now they've got an opiate epidemic over there. And yeah. the reason that that's occurring is because they basically did a scientific test and gave a large proportion of people opium. And those people are now addicted. And some of them just went from that straight to having heroin and things like that. They started there, but then once the government clamped down, they couldn't give them that they were looking for the same high. So the, that company just had to pay a slap on the wrist, a couple of million, say 400, 500 million, but they made billions of dollars. Mm. So um, as they say in the pharmaceutical business, it's just a price of doing business. Um, so that's all it was. And, and they can actually, in many cases, people don't study this, but you can actually then just retake the same drug compound and resell it again for something else in many cases. Yeah. Um, and then they go, oh, well, but this is a different, um, you know, biological situation we're dealing with. So therefore we can do that, even though the deaths and everything are going to be very much very similar. So, you know, there's, there's a very interesting debate there. And the more you go into it, the more you find out one thing, which is my takeaway from all of that. And when I tell my clients, there's a place for everything, know its place. Every person is selling you a service. It's like a shop. If you were to go to Westfield shopping center around the corner from me or anything like that, you can't go into a shoe shop and ask for mangoes. That's not what they do. They sell shoes. So <laughs> when I go to my doctor, it's once a year um, to get a, people freak out sometimes when I tell them, I say, I haven't put a pharmaceutical product in my body um, for over a decade. I haven't had a um, headache tablet. What is that? A Panadol, I think it is. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't had an antibiotic, none of that. I know how to self-feel. I'll be doing it for um, a decade and my body's really great at it now. It does it faster and faster sometimes. But if I go to a doctor, that's a pharmaceutical solution for a symptom, not good or bad, but it's just, I don't feel I need that. Yeah. Um, and if I've got a slight headache or something like that. Yeah. Um, and if you go to a naturopath, that's going to be a natural solution. They're not going to have the pharmaceutical, not good or bad, just a different shop front. So understanding who are the people you're going to, what specifically are they selling? What are the solutions that they're offering? Knowing a multitude of different solutions and usually be wise enough to select the ones that are going to create the least amount of damage with the highest scientific research first and then work your way backwards. But, you know, most people will go the opposite way around and they're putting very harmful things inside of themselves. They're not studying the chemical compounds. They're not studying. You know, I love this one, side effects. There is no such thing as side effects, guys. Yeah. There's simply effects. The, only, the thing that brings the word side into it, if I can't have coffee, Right. So if you and I had free coffees right now, I don't know what your coffee tolerance is, but it's probably better than mine. And you'll be a little bit high, maybe talking a little bit fast, mm -hmm. a little bit erratic, but a hell of a lot better than me. In three hours, I would have a come down the suicidal. Caffeine just doesn't see yeah, it. It's just really bad with me. I don't know. It's, I stopped drinking it for many years. I used to drink it before going to bed, but I stopped drinking it for many years. And now if you put caffeine in my system, I'm a worry three hours from now. I just do not like what it does to my mind and my body on the mm -hmm. come down. Everything yes. Unique. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there you go. So, um, so 
we have a difference in the effect of the chemical of caffeine within our body. That's the only thought that's questionable, but not the question of whether you and I are going to both end up extremely high from free um, shots of coffee. So that's the same thing with um, what people aren't doing with what they're about to place inside of themselves. And usually that comes from the bias of saying, well, this is a doctor, he's a health expert, and he knows what he's doing. Well, every human being's got a different chemical um, compound composition to their body. And we're doing a one size fits all by giving you something, you're a scientific experiment, maybe know that you're a scientific experiment it's not up to them it's up to us to enlighten ourselves with the wisdom of who we're seeing what we're putting into our body because if with the amount of information we have today if you're not doing that you'll find out a lot later on in life when you have a lot of symptoms and you go hold on this is not working or this is creating all of these drawbacks i should do something about it yeah yeah definitely oh that's that's a very you know absolutely right point right you know to the to the to this part because people usually you know looking for the quick fix not the root causes and that actually makes the things more complicated and definitely there is not free one size fit all because yeah we cannot actually go to the textbook and i definitely i definitely you know as as an academic i definitely appreciate all the evidence-based information we have um in you know in the literature uh, however root causes could be different in every single different person so yeah. it's not something that you know we can find you know one sentence in in a textbook uh, and then we can use it for everyone you know <laughs> across the globe you know in the same way no yeah definitely that's a very important point yeah i know that you know we have so many things to talk about especially about the mental disorders because that's actually my favorite topic too um and perhaps you know we can have you in another you know podcast again to talk more specifically because you and i i think you know are aligned with with the aspect that we definitely need to go to the deeper layers and find the deep um, root causes uh, but just let's get back to, to the beginning of 2021 uh, so what what do you what do you feel and what do you yeah I'm just talking more about I use more the word feel because I'm more feeling person <laughs> so what what do you feel that you can suggest right now in the current world which is which which we all know that is different i don't want to just put a label on it i don't want to just define it because everyone is defining it differently so i would just stick to the word different it's very different uh and what do you suggest what do you feel that you can suggest right now uh from your perspective your knowledge as a behavioral specialist your own story and journey that can help people start and begin the the year absolutely empowered the, the best thing i can say is um and it's a practice that i'm doing right now to start from a soulful place yeah. i like to think that december is the best time to start planning the year before i mean the earlier the better really in my mind but december is a great time to start to let your inspirations flow my usual um way of approaching that it was a little different this year because we uh, fled from sydney to melbourne um due to what was going on with the lockdown so i could spend time with family so that threw some of our plans out but at the start of the month in december and i'll show you how this gets into january very shortly but um usually i'd say start just having a week where you just start to collect your thoughts on your iphone or on a notepad or whatever but just let start to ask yourself 
what are the most inspiring things that I'm dedicated towards achieving the next year? And what are the things that I'm most appreciative and inspired by in all seven areas of life that I've done this year? Mm -hmm. So you might start to join the dots and say, well, I really enjoyed spending time with family or this aspect of business. And then go, I'd like to do more of that in the next year. So as you do that, the first stage is actually the soulful part of it, um, looking at the things that have the deepest meaning and purpose and give you the most energy and vitality. Then from there, I say to start planning and setting action steps into place, um, things that would tangibly guarantee that you achieve your results um, mm -hmm. in those areas. So from there, in all seven, you want to have at least one or two goals in all seven. But from there, you actually start to set what are the action steps and then start taking those action steps. I usually challenge my clients to do that in December by the second week. So their um, behaviors that are already drilled in by the time they get into January. But mm -hmm. if you're starting in January, uh, because we're doing this podcast now, then what can you do? Same process. Um, I'm spent this first week because I was away with family and there was a lot going on. I kind of started the reflection part of it, but didn't finish it. And then I started some actions. So now I'm spending this first week just combining those two. Yeah. Um, every time I could be talking to my fiance Renee over um, our morning uh, decaf or um, uh, chai latte, if something comes to mind spurred on what she said, I add it to a notepad that I have. And then uh, I'm speaking and doing podcasts this week and occasionally seeing clients, but I'm keeping that far and few in between. And I'm just looking at what most inspires me and starting to set the action steps. What would be involved? What are the deadlines for those? What could I achieve each month that would most inspire me in each and every one of those areas? Um, then from there, as you start taking those action steps, then just make sure you have them planned out month to month. Now have 90% of those be things that inspire you that nobody has to ask you to do that you do easily and effortlessly and have 10% of those be things that you're not inspired by. They're not aligned by your values, but you know that they're on the way, not in the way. Cause in life, you're going to get a mixture of both. So in other words, I might have um, uh, studying accounting uh, to understand how I could maximize the profit of my business. Mm -hmm. I'm not inspired by that by any means, <laughs> but I can do a thing called the values linking exercise where I write a hundred benefits to myself and others of me actually doing that. Mm -hmm. So by doing that, I turn it on the way instead of in the way. And it's a great thing to do because we can't just sit here. If we were to only do the things that we want to do in life, you and I would probably sit around, eat donuts, um, you know, uh, just to have the foods that we love, yeah. not exercise. And, but that leaves the body living lethargic and not hundred percent the best. So um, as for you, it just manifest in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not it. Every now and then people say to me, I want to manifest this, this and that. And I said, what are the actions that you're doing to do that? I'm not doing any at all. I said, well, there's spirit and essence and matter. That's right. So you're in the spiritual realm of wanting to vibrationally attract that, but you're not living within the matter realm where you actually have to take actions and do things. You only manifest when you live within both. And when you're vibrating highly in both, that's when you manifest the most. So you can't do one without the other. Um, you know, uh, and that's why people that do both, they're the ones that do true manifestation. So yeah, yeah so that's my tips. Yeah. Um, Get clear on the seven areas of your life. Start from a soulful position. What allows you to feel most inspired? Go do the values determination that we spoke of because it'll make it so much easier. So because anything that aligns with your values, you're going to be like, oh, I'm 100% do that. And anything that doesn't, you go, okay, that's going to fall in that 10%. Then go out and start taking action and make sure you have goals in all seven areas of life. That's probably one of the biggest mistakes I find by the highest achievers. They'll do amazing with their money, um, amazing in their career, but they don't look after their relationships. So they get a quick divorce. They don't look after their health. So they 
they spend their money later on in life trying to fight cancers and all of those things. But if they'd set little goals in all seven areas that most inspire them, they're the people that are most fulfilled because the word fulfillment means to feel full and you can only feel the fullest when you're feeling full all seven areas of life. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for absolutely very good practical uh, tips. So, yeah. So before we end up, because I know that, you know, we can talk forever, but, you know, we have to just, you know, perhaps just finish this podcast and then perhaps have another one <laughs> in the near future. But before, I'd be glad to. Yeah. But thank you so much. I'm very, you know, happy to have you. So uh, before we finish, uh, would you just please just, you know, tell audience where um, they can find you? Yeah. So you're more than welcome to go to my website, www.emmanuelanthony.com.au. And uh, we offer complimentary 20-minute conversations. They're called discovery calls because we can have a look at your biggest trials and tribulations or goals that you want to achieve in all seven areas of life. And from there, we've got different levels of growth and evolution. Uh, but you'll either be working with myself or a consultant one-on-one personally to guarantee results in those areas. It's one of the things that we love to do. And the reason is because, you know, 80% of my clients are coming from other services and they're not getting results. Um, and we're very results driven. It's, it's nothing more inspiring than somebody to actually be able to achieve a result in an area that they've tried very hard for a long period of time. So um, you can connect with me there. You can connect with me on Instagram as Emmanuel H. Anthony, I believe that is, but I'll give you the info for that. Um, so I'm on there too. We've got a lot more video content that's on there. Emmanuel Anthony on Facebook as well. So that's my personal Facebook or Emmanuel H. Anthony. You're welcome to add me on either one because we do a lot of Facebook lives discussing a range of topics that you can also request. Um, and obviously you can reach out here on the podcast and say, hey, I'd like to touch base with you um, or Emmanuel and put me in contact as well. But I'm open to having conversations because um, they're the only way that things can get moving for a lot of people. We start off with a chat and we find out how can we grow and evolve together. Wonderful. I'm sure that, you know, your knowledge and experience can benefit, you know, so many people. I will uh, put, you know, all the links, you know, if, uh, you know, just all the links of your social media and your website in the show notes and also the link of that Demartini website that you said, you know, people can go and, you know, for, you know, just, just feel some, I don't know, about their values. Uh, yeah. I would love to have that in the show note as well for yep. audience. So yes, yeah, so just just to wrap up, what is your final? What is your final inspirational sentence? Just just to wrap up everything, you know, for for audience. <laughs> um, it would be something that I got tattooed on me when I was uh, about twenty-one. Do what you love and love what you do. Um, this world, I've almost died eight times. We're not guaranteed anything. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, albeit we may have lived long enough, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and it feels like tomorrow is just going to happen. After going to hospital eight times and almost dying, I can guarantee you that um, when your life flashes in front of you, there's only two things that really come to mind. You want to hug the people that you love and tell them that you love them with your whole heart. And the second one is, have I done everything I could of everything I had? So do what you love and love what you do. Let that be your inspired mission, whatever that is in what you value and let nothing get in your way because your truest, most authentic, energized self that's here to serve humanity to the greatest degree can only be accessed in that state. So do what you love and love what you do. Do what you love and love you or love what you do. Love it. Love it. Oh, thank you. That was good, actually. I can feel the energy. It was so powerful. Thank you so much again, uh, Emmanuel, for just, you know, 
being here and definitely I will have you later on again just to continue. I look forward to it. I think, yeah. Thank you. So bye for now. Ciao. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast Inner Wellness with Dr. Naz Parsian. I hope you enjoyed and I'd love to hear from you any input, any suggestion, and also your subscription. Thank you.